0: CLEARANCE.
1: Welcome, everyone, episode 242 of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we're going to continue with our NBA free agency preview. Uh, on Tuesday, we hit the big name guys, so we're going to give a couple quick updates based on the latest news and rumors, and then we're going to go into the potentially non max guys that you should still expect to get paid pretty well this summer. Before we get into all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. It would really help us out. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morten Jensen. How's it going, Mort?
2: It's going well. I'm, I'm surviving the very, very hot Danish weather uh, and the yeah general heat wave that's spreading across Europe right now. Hey, Brian. Global warming isn't a thing, apparently.
1: I agree. Yeah. Total farce. Made (laughs) up by the
2: Chinese. Yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, yeah. So, to distract yourself from the sweltering heat, Mort, let's... I know we talked about Jimmy Butler on Tuesday in our last episode, but we need to at least address this whole sign-and-trade notion that's come out, Um, like, (laughs) naturally, because this is how things work in free agency... Right after we stopped recording on Tuesday, Woj came out with this whole story about you know Houston is trying to pitch both Jimmy and the Sixers on the idea of a sign and trade. Houston is way over the salary cap, and unless they can somehow dump Chris Paul into a cap space, even if they traded every single player aside from Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler or and uh, James Harden, they still could not sign Jimmy Butler outright. So a sign and trade is the only way this can happen. Now I wrote a primer on Forbes going into the nitty gritty of this. So check that out because I, I don't want to bore you with base year compensation and all that. But the TLDR version is, except in a very limited circumstance where the Sixers would not be over the salary cap after they re Jimmy, if they're over the cap and he's getting the max, it cannot be a two-team deal. There's just no way to make it work salary matching-wise. So they're, they're going to have to get a third team involved. And frankly, they would have anyway because if you're going to if you're pitching the Sixers on Capella and Gordon Capella is a great player but this you know Joel and B they don't they they have a center they have a guy who's going to play hopefully 30 plus minutes a night they're not going to pay a backup 18 million dollars or whatever Oh so, you don't want
2: to go super big
1: <laughs> I mean I do but not with two centers <laughs> preferably So the whole thing is contingent upon uh, finding a third team for Capella which I do not think would be hard and then it really comes down to what can you get back for capella to the sixers so
2: (laughs) i don't think that would be hard that would be (laughs) the easiest thing ever right
1: i mean i think so but then it comes down to what do the sixers want you know Woj on wednesday reported the rockets are shopping each of those guys individually gordon Mm. capella tucker for the best available first round pick which i thought was interesting so more, first of all, if you're the Sixers, are you at all amenable to this deal or do you tell Daryl Morey to go F himself and, you know, if Jimmy's leaving, that's fine. We just want the cap space instead.
2: Well, how much cap space would you have if Jimmy left?
1: The most they can make is $38.5 million. And that's well, okay. assuming Tobias Harris' cap hold. He has a $22.2 million cap hold. That's assuming that stays on the books. They would still have thirty eight point five to play around with, and they would right, and They would resign, resign Tobias,
2: yeah, Tobias afterwards. Yeah, yep. yeah. All right. So, so there are two answers to that. I feel one is if you have another max type player lined up, mm-hmm. then who, who makes sense, obviously. <clears throat> then fine, like a Chris Middleton. I know he's not going to leave Milwaukee, but if he's available because of his shooting ability and his comparable defense, at least somewhat to Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, then you're fine doing it. Mm-hmm. Or you could actually go the other route and say, well, if we are willing to, to let Jimmy walk, and then we have almost 40 million to play around with, that could actually create a significantly deep team that we right. can just build around. Uh, you know, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. We can get a ton of shooters in off the bench, or we can, and we can re-sign Redick, no issues. We can do all sorts of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, it's not Jimmy Butler. And and the the ceiling of Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, is will beat out virtually every scenario that you can find. Yeah. Now, the question to me is what type of Jimmy is gonna show up for the Sixers over the next couple of years? Is <laughs> right. it this fourth option Jimmy Butler? Is it the third option Jimmy Butler? Or is it the guy who stepped up in the final you know, 10, 15 games of the regular season and took over, you know, more and more in the playoffs and really reminded us all of how great he is. If that's the guy, hell no. I'm I'm sticking with Jimmy as far as, you know, at least as far as I can. If he's not interested in returning, there's not much I can do. But if he is, I'm putting all my chips into that. So there are a lot of nuance to this. But I think the most important thing is this. If Jimmy is hell-bent on leaving for Houston, why not get something in return if you don't have someone else lined up or if you yeah. don't have a plan with that additional cap space? Right. Like, and, and for the Rockets especially, like they have, almost have to, to hope <laughs> that there is a suitor somewhere else for Jimmy. Otherwise, you know, Philadelphia wouldn't be inclined to do right. anything.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. You need the threat of a third team that can sign him into cap space because then Jimmy can say, "Fine, if you don't sign and trade me to Houston, I'm going to go just sign with the Clippers, and you're going to get nothing."
2: Right, and that doesn't help Houston necessarily right. if that's the course of action, but right. it does help them in the sense that they can then go to Philly and say, "Hey, we can give you something in return, so you mm-hmm. don't lose him for nothing." And and honestly, even if the return is Clint Capella, like Philly can flip him, like that's not you know it, that it capella doesn't need to be on the opening day roster and he's got significant value so if you don't find a third team immediately you could take on capella and then as you know being in philadelphia you can try to flip him for something else
1: well the, the issue then com- becomes jimmy can't take a full max because you still can't match the salaries in a straight two team deal
2: right because of the base year compensation
1: yeah exactly yeah. like the yeah. the, the TLDR version is Houston needs to send out about twenty six point one million. If Jimmy gets a max, Philly can only take back twenty five point seven. So it's not a huge gap, but it would mean if it's a straight to team deal, he would have to take slightly less than the max. Or if Tobias leaves, then that opens the door.
2: Oh, so wait a second. So I might have gotten this wrong. So if Eric Gordon was traded to a third team, mm-hmm. the Sixers still could not take on Capella. Right. Wow. Okay. I didn't actually didn't know that. Wait, I thought well, you could split the- them.
1: No, no, no. If it's if it's, if there are three, yeah. If there's a third team involved, mm-hmm. it would be fine as long as Houston is sending out a net of at least twenty six point one million, and Philly is receiving no more than twenty five point seven in return. So, like the the ideal trade, or not necessarily ideal, but you know, if I'm Philly, the the thing I'm looking for, like the the, the part about the them looking for a first round pick. Worries me, A, because they have no idea how to use first-round picks. They'll probably just sell it the next year anyway. But I would think you would want two rotation players, ideally, because depth was such a big issue. And realistically, you're probably, if you can get a guy on an affordable contract, you might not be able to do better than that in free agency this summer anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one possible deal would be Butler to Houston, Eric Gordon to Philly, Capella to Sacramento, and then Bogdan Bogdanovich to Philly, throw in some picks as well. That is cap legal, and that gives Philly, you know, it rounds out the depth a little bit, gives them two actual rotation players. So there are are plenty of ways to make the deal work. It's just, it really does come down to, you know, what can they get for Capella? Because I think that would have to happen right away. I don't think even if the, even if like you figure out a way to make the salaries match or if Philly's under the cap I don't think they would want to take Capella back and then have to shop him I think cuz then you know every team knows you're not keeping this guy and they'll lowball like crazy so I think it needs to be a three team deal for that reason beyond just the salary matching
2: component of it right but I mean I'm just saying in terms of not getting a return and if there is a third team and Jimmy leaves for nothing yeah. Then you're effectively then choosing cap space over Klappella, which to some extent I get. But what if you don't get someone who is of equal value or you don't get the the amount of quality of depth that you're looking for? I think there is right. some risk here.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's not an easy solution either way. I mean, I think Eric Gordon at $14 million is a pretty good value. I think it would be tough to beat that this summer. but. Who's to say a Jeremy Lamb or a Terrence Ross isn't available for less? And if they are, which do you prioritize?
2: Mm. And by the way, just just to bring up Capella's deal here, like that's a friendly one when you yeah. consider his production and his age. Like this season or, or the season we're going to enter here momentarily, six just under sixteen and a half million. Mm-hmm. The the year after seventeen and a half. In 2021-2022, goes to 18.5, and, and then 2022-2023, it's 19.5. Like, that's that's a very, very team-friendly deal as well. So I think moving him to a team that might be looking at a long-term progress would be able to slot him in at the center slot knowing full well, oh, we got great value. So he's right. definitely movable, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are enough teams. The ones that immediately jumped to mind were Atlanta, Sacramento, Dallas, the Clippers, Boston. We'll get to Boston in a second. But those five all have need at center. He is a, a, a he's only twenty five. I mean, he's still really young. He's like yes, he's not a stretch five, but you know, he averaged sixteen and twelve this past season. He's really good. He fits into a role, and he knows. He plays his role well. Like, the Warriors abused him in the playoffs, yes, but the Warriors aren't going to be the Warriors next season, so you don't have right. to necessarily worry about that. I think against most teams, he is a very useful center, and as you said, it's not a reasonable contract. I'd frankly rather be paying his contract than a Steven Adams right now who's averaging $25 million.
2: Yeah, for sure. And here's the thing about Cabell as well. He's improving every year. So this season, he upped his, his volume, but I think the most intriguing prospect, prospect of him was he went from playing, you know, sub starting minutes. He was playing 27 and a half minutes and then really chalked up to, to 33.6 minutes this year. Right. Usually when big guys who are young get a significant increase in minutes, you know, sometimes they stagnate and they kind of keep that same average they don't produce at that high level. He did. Mm-hmm. He was able to actually take on the, the larger minute burden and go, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to produce throughout more minutes. My conditioning is right, and I'm, I'm ready to do that. He right. improved as a passer. His rebounding was high. He, he had a career high in free throw percentage as well, which is always good to see progress from from a big man. Yeah, I, I mean, he is a guy who you can rely on now for, at the very least, at the very minimum, 32 minutes a night at the center spot, which mm-hmm. is a tremendous asset to have because most centers in today's league, uh, especially those who are offensive oriented, you play, like, max 20 minutes. Here you have right. a guy you can slot in and play a ton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there, there should be a market for him. It's just – I would not – I love if, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas would be great. They just don't have
2: anything to offer, really.
1: <laughs> right, that's the problem. I think Sacramento is a pretty reasonable – they have a lot of cap space, so they can just absorb him in there. They have that a would, bunch – a young yeah. guys he i mean they run at a really fast pace right he fit really well him and fox would be dynamic
2: and they wouldn't have to overpay nikola vucevic
1: right or al horford
2: or hal horford and i like al that's right. not a i mean but but. and i also like Vooch for that matter it's just like when you look at capella's contract it's just so much better than what the at least what the theory is about what Vooch is gonna get Right. And what Al Horford is going to get?
1: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about both of those guys in a little bit, but yep. yeah, I, I have a piece going up I think today at the Basketball Writers um, about the Kings in particular, and kind of their they're the wild card of free agency is the whole point of the article is because they they now that Harrison Barnes opted out, they can carve out to sixty two point six million dollars in cap space and no one's really talking about them because they're the Kings. You know, the, all the focus is on the New York teams and the Los Angeles teams and Boston now. But the Kings are l- lurking there. Like, I don't think they're going to get a max guy necessarily, or, you know, one of the top-tier free agents. They might get a max guy, but that's not good if they do. Um, right. But, <laughs> you like, they'll overpay someone to be a max guy, in other words. But they are in position where they could take on a clint capella or a steven adams or someone like that you know absorb those guys into cap space and not have to send out all that much because whichever teams are sending them out are doing it in okc's case for salary cap relief or in houston's case to facilitate this sign and trade idea so the kings can be very opportunistic this summer and you know they they weren't bad last year they were 39 and 43 they could legit be a playoff team if they if they handle these next few weeks well so yeah yeah, I don't know when that piece is going live, but when it does, go to bballwriters.com. You can use the code the NBA pod for 10% off your daily, monthly, or annual subscription there.
2: You know who the, I think the K- Kings will go after? Brockton. Because Ooh. last year, they uh, signed Levine to an offer sheet. Chicago matched. Yeah. So, and they knew, you know, they had Buddy Hield and DR Fox there. Yeah. Like they just wanted more shooting and more scoring from the guard spot possible oh i kind of see it though
1: that's a lot of money to, to pay for a guy who's gonna be a because you can't play fox healed and brogdon together
2: i think you can i think you may be able to because brogdon's long yeah well, i don't know about that i think uh, i think people get caught up in the problem yeah. problem like he's six five right and he's got like a six eleven maybe even seven foot wingspan Oof. And he can play off the ball. I mean, I'm not saying it's a perfect fit, but... Right. I mean, I'd be intrigued.
1: Yeah. They're going to do something that we aren't expecting. I'm 100% confident of that. And I'm Like worried... Jabari Parker? No, I'm worried it's Wiggins. I really think it might be Wiggins. Well, I mean,
2: they did need a wing. I know. Oh, yeah. so, so what? Their idea is to hair i mean the thing is we heard that they were interested in keeping harrison barnes right like they may have some deals lurking yep. so i i'm just i'm just asking here did you did you have wiggins in mind like to pair with barnes or I, as a barnes no. replacement
1: hopefully as a barnes replacement because i really don't want them to just be a non-stop spider-man meme of harrison barnes and andrew wiggins <laughs> 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 yeah
2: yeah oh that's
0: gonna be fun Yeah. All right.
3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers discount not available in all states or situations.
1: Let's move on to Boston now cuz they are the or I guess Charlotte really cuz uh, yesterday multiple reports came out that said mm. there's a gulf in negotiations between Kemba Walker and the Charlotte Hornets and now that the Boston Celtics are the front runners to sign him possibly as early or at least you know get a commitment from him possibly as early as Sunday. Stephen A. Smith came out with a report, and again, it's Stephen A. Smith, so take that for what it's worth, but he said right now, the Hornets are offering Kemba five years, $160 million. If that is true, Uh they need to just disband the franchise. (laughs) Just send them to Seattle, man. I'm serious. That's ridiculous.
2: Like Charlotte, of course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just you you overpay his entire supporting cast and now the time comes to pay the guy, your one guy who's actually good and you lowball him.
2: I I mean, I get it, but at the same time, weren't you one of the guys who said on this very podcast a couple months back that I dunno man, I think they should consider going the different route because if you lock up Kempa, you're screwed. Like your finance are just in disarray,
1: I, I said don't give him the super max, but there's a big gulf between 160 and 220. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just, what are they going to do? If they, I mean, if they were just, here's the thing. If they were planning to do this the whole time, and maybe the whole super max thing threw them for a loop. Because if you offer him 160 and his max is 190, that doesn't sound as insulting. But when he becomes eligible for the Supermax, you probably had to get close to the normal max, which is five, a little less than 190, to be in the conversation. Because your only argument is you like it in Charlotte and we can offer more money for you. There is no competitive advantage to staying in Charlotte. They've made the playoffs twice since they've gotten him. They lost in the first round both times we've talked multiple times their books are in disarray this upcoming year and even after this year Biombo, williams mkg all come off the books they are still paying nick batum 27 million dollars unless by the grace of god he opts out of his player option which he is not going to do
2: yeah no that would be that would be silly of him
1: right so they're stuck for the next two years effectively so it's you know you're 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 just asking Kemba to throw away the rest of his prime, which is fine. Like if he's happy in Charlotte and he wants to make a lot of money, that's cool. No one should begrudge him for that. But you have to give him the money. If you're, I mean, five one sixty, other teams can offer four one forty. So you're telling Kemba that fifth year you're not going to make twenty million dollars when the salary cap at that point is probably going to be close to. 130 140 Mm -hmm. i mean it's just it's i i really hope the report is wrong because if you were going to lowball him this whole time you should have traded him him. yeah you had to know you had to know that he would be like excuse me (laughs) you how much are you giving me no i'm f that i'm leaving
2: and again this is the issue with the Supermax because right I love Kimba he's not a Supermax player no you could even make the argument you could even make the argument right. that he's not a max player like I would in make terms that of, argument yeah yeah in terms of what a max player should be
1: right i mean how many times have we said it and we will continue to say it a lot over the coming weeks i think oh yeah there are too many guys who earn max co- or who are paid max money
2: and who will get paid max money this very summer. Hello, right. Chris Middleton, who I love, and Tobias right. Harris, who I also love, but at the same time, like, no, dude. Yeah. If
1: you're a, a fringe top 20 player, you should not be getting a max contract. Right. That, like I mean, Malcolm
2: Brockton is going to be looking, not at a max, but he's probably going to be looking at a payday of $23 million a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the problem. It only takes one team. Exactly. And when you have, this is a summer where, you know, the Knicks have $70 million in space and just traded Christophs Brazengas to clear out more space. And now it looks like they might miss on everyone. So they could be reckless.
2: Are you saying that missing out on everyone includes getting Terry Rozier? Come on.
1: <laughs> and DeMarcus Cousins.
2: And DeMarcus Cousins. Oh
1: my God. Yeah, I so at the basketball writers on Monday, I put up a piece about the Knicks' Plan B. Shockingly, neither Cousins nor Rozier appeared in my piece. I I I said they should operate. They should just pretend to be a small market team, and take back bad salary for a year or two, accumulate more assets. They have some intriguing young pieces in Barrett and Mitchell Robinson in particular. Just pretend you're like the Utah Jazz. Pretend you're not in the Knicks for one year and that you can't lure a superstar free agent because clearly, even though you had a layup with Kevin Durant for most of the year, weird stuff happens. And the best laid plans in free agency go awry unless you're the Lakers and you just fall ass backwards into everything breaking your way despite incompetent management.
2: Look, in Hollywood, there's a saying, you fail upwards. (laughs) That just makes sense
1: correct i think we are seeing that in action right now yep but yeah i mean so charlotte i just if i really hope that this is a negotiating ploy from his agent and it very well could be mm-hmm. you know maybe this pushes charlotte up to like 5 180 and they keep him and that's fine but if they don't if they really stand pat at 5 160 i hope Kemba leaves and i they deserved all of the bad things that are coming their way Let's talk about how he would fit in Boston though.
2: Cuz I know, mean he's not Kyrie. <laughs> right. I and mean that, that is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time.
1: Yeah, like the the chemistry issues that befell them this past season and Jackie McMullen just released another piece today about, you know, was it all Kyrie? No. Not necessarily. Kyrie didn't help, but you know, they as as we saw, the young guys who went on the run in 2017-18 in those playoffs, thought they deserved bigger roles. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they did, frankly. like They yeah. they performed well. They deserved bigger roles. They just weren't there because you had to reacclimate Irving and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's recovery was slow. Al Horford apparently like refused to call out Kyrie on his nonsense. It was just a bad mix of personalities. Now, Irving, it seems like, is certain to leave... Corford seems very likely to leave. You still have a nice young nucleus in Tatum and Brown and Smart. You still have Hayward. Now he's a full year, almost two years removed from the injury. Hopefully he gets back to his old form. So they have a nice little core. Do you think they should go in? I mean, they can make a max spot for Kemba, but that is basically all of their cap space that have the room exception after that. And then just minimum deals. Do you think that's
2: the best way they use their space? No, and not if they're going to bet on the future with mm-hmm. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, because then now it becomes Kemba's team. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: Kemba is not bad at, at all. Like he no. he will help them, and if Gordon Hayward returns to, you know, some semblance of what he used to be, that's huge. However, I mean, if you're going to be banking on a guy who's like 21 and 22 moving forward, I I just I could see better options being made with that you know with that space. Right. You know maybe getting some additional draft picks by taking on bad deals. I know that's usually the play of a rebuilding team in Boston is rebuilding, but their treasure trove isn't as filled as it used to be. Right. Not anymore. Yeah. Like they need to actually get some more future assets in there to accommodate you know uh, both Tatum and Brown.
1: Yeah, they have the Memphis pick. It's top six protected now, I believe, but that's it. I mean, this this year's draft was their big, you know, the, the one where they had three or four first-round picks. This was the hall, and now those picks have names, and they are Romeo Langford and Grant Williams, and they traded the third one.
2: Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those two guys, they definitely have upside, right. but this draft was not a, a star-heavy draft later in the first round. Right. So these guys presumably will top out as, you know, maybe decent starters, which would be a huge get, but they might also top out as just rotational players. Mm-hmm. So we just don't know. Like, the it's fine, fine additions. You just need a little bit more. And yeah. Kemba is just going to be, I mean, he's he's going to be too good for them, <laughs> in That's a sense. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I mean, he, he could lead them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then you also have to gauge, like, oh the eastern conference finals that's that's not bad could he potentially take us further than that because that is still the name of the game and if they can make a finals run i mean who knows what happens
1: yeah see i'm not convinced i mean i guess it would depend on who they signed with the room mid-level but i'm just not convinced they would be a top three seed in the east neither am i I
2: but if they are if that's their logic then that's the way they're going to dictate their uh, decisions this summer,
1: right? For sure. I mean, so Eric Pink is the Bleacher Report wrote this about the Lakers. You know, kind of. So the Lakers have created a max spot now because they traded Bongo Wagner and Jamario Jones to the Wizards. Great deal gonna, by the Wizards, by the way. Yeah, I mean, stellar deal for the Wizards. I don't know why the Pelicans agreed unless it was pre-negotiated. Um, like when they agreed to the Anthony Davis deal, they said, fine, if you find a third team, whatever, we're, yeah, that's fine. Cause they only got $1.1 $1. $1 million. And it, you know, you, you're giving the Lakers an extra $9 million in cap space, effectively, or $5 million, cause uh, Davis waived his trade kicker. But still, like, that is the difference uh, for a Pelicans team that is heavily invested in the Lakers failing, especially, you know, in the early 2020s when they own just all of their picks and pick swaps and stuff you would think you would want to limit their ability to build out a competent team around them but that's neither here nor there
2: well Um, well well to play devil's advocate mm -hmm. maybe they know who the Lakers are going to target mm -hmm. maybe it ends up being someone who is fairly old and I'm not saying he's not going to be you know good in a couple years but Jimmy Butler is going to turn 30 yeah like when, when you know 2022 rolls around he's going to be closing in on 33.
1: That is a fair point. Yeah. So,
2: and LeBron at that point, I know he's a cyborg, but I you have to assume at that stage.
1: <laughs> right. At some no point mo- he'll age.
2: Yeah, right? And and you know, Anthony Davis is at that point in his absolute prime, like mm-hmm. 29. Yeah. And will will probably be one of the primary stars in this league, but he'll look around and see like both LeBron and, and Jimmy Butler, like <laughs> getting, you know, liquid <laughs> uh, oxygen or whatever, like just right, right. On, on the sideline and going, "Hey, oh, yeah, I need some, I need something else, I need, yeah. I need youth."
1: Yeah. Well, so Pincus wrote this thing about the Lakers and how they can. Does it make more sense for them to go after a third star or should they divvy up their cap space? Now, I don't think this would work necessarily for the Celtics like it would for the Lakers, but his whole idea for the Lakers was you can load you would split the cap space mm-hmm. and you can load contracts with incentives up to 15% of the total value. So you can sign D'Angelo Russell at 20 million, give him 3 million of of incentives, make them unlikely so they don't count against the cap. Like for the Lakers, the you could say make the playoffs is unlikely because they didn't this past season so they could effectively give him a $23 million contract at the price of $20 million. Now, since the Celtics did make the playoffs last year, you couldn't necessarily do that, but still find, make the Eastern Conference Finals, make the Finals, whatever. Load it with those types of incentives and you can stretch your cap room a little more. So, yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to think they would be better suited divvying it up instead of spending it all on one player. Like, I don't necessarily think that Adding Kemba and then spending a the room mid level on the center and going veteran minimums the rest of the way. I I don't know that that team is a real finals threat, but it'd be interesting. It I I don't blame them for wanting to try it.
2: Yeah, and and really at the end of the day during free agency, like teams are gonna do what they believe. Yeah, I mean we can sit here and talk about you know what we deem rational. But if a team comes in with a different perspective on a situation that we do, and some will absolutely have different point of point of views than us, mm-hmm. you know, th- then they're going to be hell bent on doing what they think is right. I mean, last year the Bulls thought signing Jabari Parker was right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, everyone in the world knew it wouldn't work, but right. they were hell bent on it, and that's just an example. Right. Like teams will do what they believe is the strongest play for their franchise. Yeah. And Boston and is Danny Ainge specifically, um, especially I should say, is one of those guys who loves to compete. And mm-hmm. he loves to have, you know, youngsters waiting in the wings. He loves to play both sides of the field. Like he yeah. he wants to be in player development and he also wants to be in a win now situation. Kempa signing Kempa actually kinda of succeeds in that. Like he gets a win now player that he can Add to Gordon Hayward, who, despite the injury, is still a win-now player. And then you still have Tatum and Brown, who are win-later players. Right. I right. mean, so from a Danny Ainge perspective, this makes its of sense. Yeah,
1: I agree. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year!
3: Sorry, is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. All
1: right, Mort, let's go rapid fire now for the rest the rest of our time today. We're going to hit on the potentially non-max guys with one exception. I guess let's start with Middleton. We kind of addressed him last time. Just yeah. we figured he's going to stay in Milwaukee. I think he's probably going to get a 5-year max, right?
2: I think so. Uh, it sure sounds like that, and I would hope that that's not the case for the Bucks because I kind of like Giannis, and I kind of like what they're doing, and I don't want to see them getting too handcuffed financially, Right. and if you re-sign Middleton to MX and you end up re-signing Brockton as well to, you know, $23 million a year, mm-hmm. Wolf.
1: Yeah, well, that's I mean, not great. You know, at, at that point, it's just how much luxury tax are the owners willing to pay, but yeah, I mean, maybe you can talk him into giving you a slight discount, a slight hometown discount, but mm. either way, I, I don't think there's any real risk of him leaving Milwaukee. It, we haven't heard anything on that front, at least, and based on all of the other free agents who have been linked to, like, 15 different teams at this point, I think the fact you aren't hearing any chatter, you're even hearing stuff about Clay Thompson, who is not at all a real threat to leave the Warriors. The fact that, yeah. like... You know, Middleton's agent isn't trying to strong arm the Bucks into giving the five year max by saying, Oh, he's gonna take meetings with sixteen different teams. Yeah. Probably a good sign for them. So he's I think he's staying at a max or near max. Al Horford. Did not That's expect a fun him. One. Yeah, did not expect him to decline the player option in the first place. Especially I had a feeling.
2: I had a feeling.
1: I I mean it makes sense if he wants the long term security, but I figured if he declined it, he would just be going back to Boston on a three-year deal, like a three-year sixty million dollars deal or something. Mark Stein says he's got a four-year deal worth one hundred and twelve million dollars waiting out there. Yeah, who do you from think that's mystery, mystery
2: team? I yeah, love that.
1: It. And he he's so far has supposedly ruled out Dallas and New Orleans. So who do you think the mystery team is?
2: Probably the Kings.
1: <laughs> I'm worried about that, but I hope. It's the Clippers. Like, if if the Clippers get Kawhi, there mm-hmm. is a world in which they could get Kawhi, sign Horford not quite to that much money, but pretty close, and still keep Danilo Gallinari. And that team, I think, enters next season as the finals favorite.
2: Right. So, but here's the thing, though. For them to sign Horford, they would more or less need a guarantee that Kawhi is coming. Right. Right. Kawhi so far has shown no indication of that. The media yeah. has shown no indication of that. Yeah. So it's I don't know. I, I I get your idea here, and I like it on paper. If it turns out that way, I just don't know. I don't think it's them. Yeah. Could it be the Knicks?
1: Oh God. <laughs> I mean. I mean
2: the money's the money is available there.
1: Yeah. I the Knicks we'll get to when we talk about cousins, but I just don't get why like you're right now not counting Barrett your best prospect is a center why are you pursuing centers
2: it's the Knicks.
1: i know i know it's dumb but yeah I, i'm i that's one I of the things it. i'm most excited to see in the first couple of days of free agency is who this mystery team is like the pelicans make sense in to some extent but that's i mean that's all of their cap space basically and that's he is very much not in line Age wise, that's my concern with the Kings too. Like, Horford would be a great fit on court there, but he's 10 years older than most. Well, I guess not Buddy Heald, uh, but he's 10 years older than De'Aaron Fox or even older than that. And, you know, he, he started to show some signs of decline in the regular season last year. He got back into form by the playoffs, but you have to wonder how that a four year deal for him is just going to age. I,
2: Oh yeah, no, no. I, I, from from a dollars and cents part, I, I don't like it. Yeah. For yeah. whoever does it.
1: Right. Vucevic is in a similar boat in that all the usual suspects could overpay him. We really haven't heard much on the uh, in the rumor front for him. Uh, where do you think he ends up?
2: Again, I mean that could easily be the Kings as well. <laughs> I know. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because of their lack of center there. Assuming Willie Cauley moves on and his agent has more or less, oh them. Yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> that those <laughs>
1: bridges on. got burned, yep. torched, nuked. That that relationship is over.
2: Yeah, I think so too. So they're definitely going to be looking at a center, and given their success from this season, I I could only imagine that center is, a, is their biggest concern right now. Yeah, for uh, sure. which would come in and actually be pretty good in Sacramento. I think. He's a he's a great passer. He's a great rebounder. He can shoot the ball. He, we saw his scoring ability just rise.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, you could incorporate him as kind of a high-low guy, a guy who like throws a lot of elbow passes, like handoffs. I think there's a lot of things he can do in that Kings offense, especially because they love to run. He can just be the trail guy. Yeah, like, maybe you could even insert like a seven seconds or vooch system
1: (laughs) right yeah that's that's my concern with vooch and i wrote about him at at this tbw piece about him and horford and kind of really the whole center dilemma for the kings is that they could go after one of the big name guys but horford doesn't fit well super well because of the age vooch is 29 so he's not as old but he's also coming the magic were the seventh slowest team in terms of pace last year the kings were the third fastest So I do wonder how he holds up in a much more fast-paced system. He was better defensively last year than he ever has been before. But I also do wonder, like, the career year phenomenon or the contract year phenomenon. You know, does he kind of start to regress back to his career mean after inking a gigantic deal? So I wouldn't hate it, but I do feel like the Kings have better options. It, It wouldn't shock me if he's back in Orlando.
2: I mean, Orlando made it a priority. Yeah. he's They have made Vooch a priority, and it's because they made the playoffs. They finally have an all-star for the first time in ages, it feels like. Right. Um, I, They want to build a brand. Yeah. They want to build some hype around that organization, and I understand why, because they've been irrelevant for so long. Right. So just basically retaining Vooch is also a sign for the to the rest of the league. You know, we can take care of our own. We can yeah. actually make this happen so come here and and get paid and play in orlando
1: in which case mo bamba should be very gettable for someone
2: yeah about that i mean this is one of those guys i could totally see be traded for this year as a, a, a by low guy yeah he'll just explode somewhere <laughs> else like a yep. smart team out there should absolutely be trying to get this guy
1: yeah if they re-sign vooch smart team should the, the Vultures should start circling on Orlando for Bamba.
2: And you know who one of those teams should be? We just talked about them, the Celtics, the because oh. he would align so yeah. well with Tatum and Brown's age. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. Wow.
1: Yeah, that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez, we talked about him Bucks. a little bit last time. Yeah, I think he's back with the Bucks too. Yeah. That, that Snell trade was sent a very strong signal that they are trying to clear as much cap room as possible to keep it
2: so I saw a lot of people <laughs> argue on Twitter that the Snell trade because it was financially driven mm-hmm. that this was Milwaukee trying to save money oh yeah and, yeah like trying like, to duck no the tax. no like the, they are just trying to keep their guys I mm-hmm. mean Snell is not a, a permanent rotational player and he was earning 11 million a year like come on yeah no, it was smart.
1: Yes, it was. They were otherwise going to be limited at best to the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is 9 million, 9.25 million possibly even the taxpayer, which is five point seven. Now, I believe if they keep Brogdon and Middleton, their cap holds on the books because they're both really cheap. Middleton's like nineteen point five. Brogdon is way, way low. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can give Brooke, I think, up to like fourteen million uh which is you know much more competitive than he's probably going to get a bigger offer elsewhere still but now at least if it's 14 versus you know 17 or 18 instead of 9 versus 17 or 18 you can pitch him on we just made it to the Eastern Conference finals you know we're only going to get better come back this is you know you're you'll go on deep play our friends every year He's yeah he's going back to Milwaukee but new orleans would be a fun destination for him if he does get a little wandering eye
2: Mm. i mean you brought up horford to new orleans earlier Mm -hmm. i mean that that to me would be the funnest because he would act much more like a mentor like brooke would come in and just swish threes and like he's a (laughs) positive player in the locker room undoubtedly but horford is that one guy who can unlock a lot of stuff because he's just such a great passer and like he's the way the bay he just surveys the floor and initiates the offense and whatnot so that would be fun yeah but like brooke i just don't see a scenario where he's not back with the bucks right. he'd love playing with Giannis. like he talked about Giannis all the time
1: yeah yeah no i i agree with that demarcus cousins this is one of the hardest ones to predict both in terms of where he ends up and how much money he gets
2: oh the kings need a center <laughs> right <laughs>
1: that would be really funny
2: would I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't i wouldn't hate it no no of course not me neither but i mean i think those bridges have been burned yes
1: yes i think so as well i, I mean I, the pelicans would be interesting there too
2: mm, i return there yeah but without ad yeah but zion think about yeah, No, no zion no, for sure. But he's on a different timeline, though. Like yeah, he's not yeah, looking yeah. at he's not looking at Zion and going, "Oh, that's fantastic." I right. mean, we have to acknowledge that the, the in prime NBA players, they don't care about the rookies. They yeah. don't care about the sophomores. Yeah, they care about the players who have been in their own draft class plus minus two or three years. Mm-hmm. I think I think he kind of looks at AD, and maybe goes. Is there room for me in L.A.?
1: I agree. I, I think that's the most, that's the one that just stands out. Because, you know, there there were quotes from both of those guys afterward. When A.D., I think it was in November, was basically saying, like, you know, I hope the Pelicans can get him back next, this coming summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Boogie was like, yeah, man, I think about our partnership all the time. It's effed up that we got broken up. You know you never know what happens down the line i i definitely think those guys have talked about playing together
2: again yeah and and to be fair they were good together i know that yeah you know the pelicans didn't win as much but i mean it was those two and drew holiday and that's pretty much it
1: yeah boogie averaged like 25 12 and 5 before he went down he was having a monster season
2: And two threes a game as well. And he was, I mean, he would just allow AD so much space. Obviously, this is not the same to Marcus Cousins. We need to recognize that. But he can still drain threes. And he can still score in the post. So there's some of it left. Like his game was never relied upon in terms of athleticism. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't hate it. The thing is, though, defensively, he might be run off the floor. Well, we saw that
1: in the playoffs this year. Exactly,
2: and yeah. I don't think that's going to get a lot better. Like even before the Achilles injury, he wasn't he wasn't quick.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that that's definitely the concern. But
2: right, and he would take up a significant chunk. Like he wouldn't come in as a minimum player.
1: Oh, see, that's what I'm wondering. Maybe does he take like the room exception for them, or would he take like a one year deal, like a one plus one deal for ten million? Just just to go back with a d and LeBron, but like that,
2: no, but even if he does, I mean my point is he's not going to come cheaply to the point where you can sort of use him as a wild card if yeah. he signs for ten million ten million, like that's a significant chunk of your cap space if you're the Lakers, yeah meaning you have to play his ass
1: <laughs> that's true, that's true.
3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
1: All right, let's go into a slightly lower tier of free agents now. We have a report that just came out from, oh man, Uh-oh. uh oh, about the Kings and Harrison Barnes. They are working toward an agreement in the four-year, $88 million range, so I guess we can take him off the board.
2: Wait, who has that?
1: Uh, Carmichael Dave, who is a Sacramento guy.
2: Oh no, <laughs> that's twenty two million a year. Yeah,
1: I'm sure it would. It would start. I would hope it'll start lower, so probably closer to twenty, and then work your way up. But
2: yeah, but that's not great. Mm-mm. So so let's just be clear. You and I agreed that the Kings dodged a bullet. When Harrison Barnes opted out, yep, and now they're basically stepping in <laughs> in front of that bullet, <laughs> four, four, and four, telling the person the hold the God. Hey, fire three more rounds.
1: That's unreal. I mean, you knew it was coming. It's just, man, good job, Kings. Good, like well, I, you knew the Sacramento Kings having sixty-three billion dollars of cap space was not going to end well for them. They still. I mean, they probably will still have close to forty million. So yeah.
2: Well, okay. So twenty sixteen summer duplicate confirmed so far.
1: It's already. I mean, you knew it was coming. So yeah. I mean, this this next tier of guys, I think, is really where the overpays might happen. And let's especially
2: now because they're going to use Barnes as an example.
1: Yeah. Right. So let's start with Julius Randall. Oh, Max.
2: Oh, God. No, I, I, I'm i not saying he's worth it, but he, look, he's better than Harrison Barnes. Yeah. He's significantly better than Harrison Barnes. He's going to point towards that contract and go, hey, you know, Harry B just got 22. I want 25. Ugh. I want a max.
1: And he, yeah, I mean, he's still in the, I want to say, when did he get drafted? 24? 15, 14,
2: 14, uh, so, yeah. 14, seven. I think he was the seventh pick in 2014.
1: Yeah. So he's only gotten five years. So he's only eligible for the $27.25 million max. Oh God. I would not want to be the team that gives Julius Randall a max. It's going to be the Knicks.
2: It could be. It could be. I kind of like him in Dallas. If we disregard the contractual element right now,
1: would you see him as a small ball center and Kristaps as the four?
2: No, no. I think because here's the thing about Kristaps, right? And, I, and this is something I want to raise as well, like a point. Kristaps mm-hmm. has not he, he has not played in almost two years. Right. Two years. I mean, just off of that, I'm actually pretty nervous about his no nonsense max. I know that he's getting it, and I know we've been kind of going, "Oh, of course he's going to get it." Mm-hmm. But the more that I think about it. This is a dude who is seven foot three, who just went through an ACL tear. Like, granted, ACL tears are not as bad as they used to be, mm-hmm. but that's still on a seven foot three frame, mm-hmm. and he hasn't played in almost two years. First and foremost, I'm just like that Max. That shouldn't be an automatic anymore,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but you know, let that slide. Having an ACL tear also means you don't necessarily maintain your athleticism. Some do. Like Zach Levine. Some don't, like Derek Rose. Yeah. So you just don't know in terms of his switchability. And if he's matched up against fours, who are just so much more versatile, mm-hmm. oh man, he could get burned so bad. So I would yeah. like... Yeah, so if Randall comes on board, Randall the four, you know, Porzingis at the five, and then Luka everywhere else. Yeah. I like think it really doesn't matter where you play Luka.
1: I feel like they're gonna be better fits for the for Randall. The one I wanted to talk to you about is the Chicago Bulls, because I've seen them link to him a couple times, and that one for your sake and for all Bulls fans' sake, I really hope it's just them saying to his agent, Yeah, sure, you can use this as leverage, but like they have marketing in Wendell Carter. Why would you spend all of your cap space on Julius Randall?
2: And even you know even, <laughs> an even better question is Why would Julius Randle and his agency think that the Bulls would be the best team to use as leverage, fully knowing that they have Mark and Carter Jr. on the roster? Right.
1: Well, I mean, I think a lot of agents are just doing this right now, where they're, you know, just trying to say, like, oh, we have six teams interested, so all you have to bid each other up, and if the Bulls are okay being one of those, quote-unquote, one of the teams in on him, then that theoretically forces the other teams, but yeah, I would think... The other teams could also look at their roster and say... BS. The, right, the Bulls aren't going to spend $20 million on Julius Randle. That's ridiculous.
2: Though, they did spend $20 million on Jabari Parker last year, who was also very much clearly a four.
1: <laughs> right, right. So, who knows? But I'm I'm hoping No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see him just going to New York and putting up like a... He'll put up Kevin Love numbers... Kevin loved Minnesota numbers for a couple years, be on a terrible team. That will be great. But
2: go I, would actually, I would actually watch that because I really like Julius Randle.
1: I do, too. He's a good player. I hope he latches on somewhere competitive. I just don't know where it's going to be.
2: Yeah. My God, I still can't get over the four-year 88 million for <laughs> Barnes. I'm sorry. This is just stuck in my mind. That's and
1: Mark Stein just confirmed it. So. He said they, they intend to offer a four-year deal worth nearly $90 million when free agency opens Sunday at 6 p.m.
2: Oh, Kangs.
1: It's just, you knew it was coming. Now the yeah. question is, do they trade for Wiggins as well?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Every ounce of goodwill that the Kings earned this season would just yeah. go immediately Oh, out the door. man, yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: The thing, I really didn't hate the idea of adding Wiggins, because, like, go, putting him on a fun, athletic, young, super fast team, maybe that where he doesn't yeah. need to be the number one scoring option. But, God, good Lord. Like, who's who are they competing with for Harrison Barnes? Who's offering $90 million to Harrison Barnes this summer, aside yeah. from the Knicks?
2: Well, that's – there you have it. That's one team, and, like, you always say, and what I – like, I always say, it only takes one team.
1: Right, but, like – just let him walk he that's I mean, fine
2: yeah, but He's... it's the kangs i know the kangs are back yeah that we had crazy. a we had a fun year where we kind of banned the kangs and went kings now it's back to the kangs right
1: well i mean because they knew they traded for him but they didn't even give up that much they gave up justin jackson
2: yeah I that's know. it it's illogical it's oh, completely man. logical. This, like, I mean, the trade. I mean, the trade itself should be an indicator of his value. And they yeah. just, yeah. But I mean, look, this is Vladi and Peja and Vivek in a room just throwing up stuff at the wall.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, that's just. It's yeah. like I. I understand the Sixers having to overpay Tobias because they have no other option, and they gave up effectively three first-round picks for him. And we Tobias up- is good. Right, you gave up Justin Jackson, right, and Zach Randolph's yeah. expiring contract for Harrison Barnes. If he's yeah. going to get twenty plus million dollars elsewhere, okay, that's fine. Let him walk. There, I have to revise the stupid Kings column now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, oh my God, they're the worst. You, you know
2: what I'm? By the way, what I'm really, really uh, amazed at that teams are talking. That's illegal, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> like how's how's this happening? I mean,
1: yeah, wow, well, I'm oh. shocked. I'm sh- I'm yeah. truly shocked. God, that's gross. All right, yeah. let's All move right. on from uh, Nikola Mirotic.
2: <laughs> no idea, like literally no idea. But I will say this: if the Jimmy Butler situation with Houston materializes and uh-huh. it ends, and, and you end, you know, the Sixers end up having thirty eight and a half million in cap space and yeah. they decide to go the route of debt. Hello, Nico Miritich.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. The The Jazz standout to me is the one where it yeah. could be really interesting.
4: Agreed. Um,
1: after the Conley trade, they have basically no cap space, so that what would need to happen... Uh, Derek Favors has $16.9 million all non-guaranteed right now. It, I think the guarantee date is July 6th so they are basically probably going to spend the moratorium shopping around for a stretch four if they find one who's willing to take their money mm. they trade or just waive favors and nico i mean you could have a starting five next year of conley donovan mitchell ingles nico gobert yeah that that's a finals contender
2: I think it is. You finally get the offensive injection that you needed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you still got I mean Conley and really Nico's the only not above average defender on that in that starting five.
2: And Nico is not a bad defender. Like he's right. given it's the just, rep for it, but he's yeah. really not. I mean he's very versatile defender. He's just he's not a steady defender. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Patrick Beverly there a report came out yesterday from ESPN's Tim McMahon that he's searching for a three-year deal worth at least forty million.
2: Mm. Are the Bulls on him? Uh, off of name, yes, they Chicago. are. Uh, and they Chicago, they need yeah. some.
1: They need someone for the
2: from Chicago. Yeah, apparently they do. Oh god. <laughs> well, I think they should be in on him if the price was right. The price mm. is not right at forty million over three years the price is right if it's like a two-year deal for $18 million. Yeah. I that mean, but right. this, this is just like, no, it, it makes no sense. They just drafted Kobe White. They still have Chris Dunn. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to retain uh, Ryan Archie Diacono as well. Like mm. to, to to pay $40 million for three years of, of Pat Bev, who's like 30 or 31? Mm-hmm. I just, no. Nope. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think... My, the only thing that made me happy about that report was that every. I assume this is across fan bases, but I know a lot of Sixers people thought, like, oh, we can go get Pat Bev with the mid level. And I was always like, Pat Beverly is going to get much more than the mid level exception this year. Correct. It's just he's in that next tier down where once the top guys come off, he's right there and someone's going to give him at least 12 to 15 million a year.
2: Yeah. Oh, can I just? I'm just reading a tweet here from uh, Kellen Olson. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, I think he runs Suns. Uh, the, the SB Nation Sun section.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nice thing for Upere to see. In terms oh, of for the Bryce. Harrison Barnes contract. <laughs> oh God.
1: He's oh. not wrong.
2: That's yeah. a pretty damn good point. Yeah. Like Kelly Upere is gonna look at that contract and and go yeah I definitely should get like at the very least 15 million a year yeah good, I saw good a couple bulls them. guys argue hey should 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 the bulls go after Kelly Oubre? you know offer him maybe 10 million a year I was just like no he's he's getting much Suns, more and Suns now would
1: that's, snap match that yeah that's that's the problem with restricted free agents it's you know I know people with Brogdon, too thought like oh yeah you can get him for 12 15 million a year. No, you you need to bid him up to at least twenty. I mean, yeah. you know, Zach Lowe and others have reported the Bucks do have a walk away price, but it's not in the low teens.
2: No. No, because then if if it's a bargain for you, then it's very much a bargain <laughs> for the original team, of course. Right,
1: right, exactly. Yeah. Uh Danny Green, I feel like it comes down to whether Kawhi stays or goes. There's Yeah, no he's league. just
2: gonna follow Kawhi.
1: Yeah, well, there's just no reason for the Raptors to re-sign him. Like, if Kawhi leaves, I think they start looking to tear the thing down.
2: Yeah, but I, I actually wasn't kidding. I oh, no, I, Green, yeah. I think Green would follow Kawhi to <laughs> LA because, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, he's at that stage, of his career, where he might take a significant discount. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I could totally but, see that. But, but you're right. I mean, if Kawhi leaves and, you know, somehow... You know Toronto wants to retain Danny. I, I don't think so. I think they will let him walk. Yeah. But I mean, then they probably could uh, put together an offer that makes sense. I I I don't know his value right now in terms of what he wants to do. Like if he wants to go all in on another ring and he wants to go ring chase whatever. Right. I mean, I think I could see him take something as low as like seven million a year. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if he wants to cash in, he could get significantly more.
1: Yeah, I mean I've seen him thrown around as another another guy, uh a potential mid-level target and he strikes me as someone who's who could earn more, but as you yeah. said it really depends on the team context. Right. So, yeah, like maybe he settles for the non-tax MLE on a ready-made contender, but mm. I I mean if he's going to a team with cap space, he's probably getting closer to 12 to 15.
2: I was just about to say I could totally see him sign for like a two-year 24 25.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's right in line with what Raddick got this past year. That seems about right, right. to me. Yeah.
3: Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
4: Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA.
1: Let's go to Boyan Bogdanovich, who I feel mm. like is probably the best free agent who's flying completely under the radar at the moment.
2: Who also now just noticed the Harrison Barnes contract. <laughs> yeah. And said, I'm better.
1: Right. I, but oh my God, I would not want to pay
2: no. Bogdanovich that kind of money. No, no, this is just about the arguments that these players can make now. Yeah, I know.
1: Oh, man. How many – yeah, every agent of a wing is praising the Kings right now, and every team is cursing them.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. There are like 17 agents right now (laughs) seeing that tweet that just got an erection.
1: Right, right, right. Exactly. They're like, all right, my commission just went up. That's great. I mean, I think it would make a lot of sense for the Pacers to retain him. He only has a thirteen point six five million dollar cap hold, so the Pacers can get up to about thirty three million in space. So if they want to pursue a max free agent, whoever it may be, a Tobias Harris or a Chris Middleton or whoever, they would have to let Bogdanovich go. But I think it makes more sense. They've been tied to Rubio apparently, um, so it, it makes a lot of sense to spend. You know, you'll have twenty million in space. I doubt Rubio takes all of that. I mm-hmm. hope I, for their sake, I hope Rubio does not take all of that. So you know, bring in Rubio, who I don't really. Do you like that fit conceptually, next to Oladipo?
2: I wouldn't hate it. I mean, Depot is one of those guys who can play with everyone, right? Yeah, I just think you need more shooting. Yeah, but isn't that always the issue with Indiana, regardless? Well, it's the issue with Rubio, regardless. Yeah, yeah, but like, I mean, even if they bring in shooters, like they they signed Doug McDermott, right? Right. They had they had Bogdanovich as well, and yeah. they were consistently low you know, in the lower end of attempted uh, three pointers. Right, low volume. Like yeah. they have they have the weapons, they just don't utilize them.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you had Darren Collison, who I think two years ago led the league in three point field goal percentage.
2: Yeah, but that's that's kind of a false stat because he was yeah. very selective yeah. and wide, freaking open.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it because they're gonna need, especially if Depot's out for the beginning of the year, they're gonna need someone to orchestrate the offense. But I just don't think it really addresses really any of their major concerns from this past year, where they, you know, they yeah. didn't have. Once Depot went down, they didn't have a guy they could turn to to really take over. And I know that's your been your beef with Miles Turner for a while, but I don't think. Even if they re-sign Bogdanovich, they're still not really going to have that guy. I don't think you find that guy with less than twenty million, or probably ten mm-hmm. million, once you get Rubio in the door. But I just think, I think Indiana probably knows the value of Bogdanovich. But smart teams should be sniffing around. Like if the Sixers oh, yeah. lost Jimmy Butler in this sign in trade or whatever, if he just walks somewhere, he's one of the first guys I call.
2: Yeah, makes sense. By the way, Julius Randall in Indiana, how does that sound?
1: <laughs> Their front court isn't crowded enough already.
2: Well, I mean, obviously you would make some moves.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, because you just brought in TJ Warren, too.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, sure, he, he's more of a four today, but he can still yeah. play the three. Yeah. I just kind of like the versatility because you get additional playmaking from the four spot.
1: That's fair. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't hate that. He's starting to have a three point shot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think Thad Young is looking elsewhere for employment this summer. Yeah. Uh,
2: like I'm I, I, I like Thad yeah. absolutely, but I mean it's just like he's older, he's not really a difference maker. I think the Pacers just need something I think I think they need more. They're a fine yeah. defensive squad, but like offensively they're just they're extremely dull. Mm-hmm. And that they're very predictable.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sam Amick just tweeted, "The Kings had great confidence when they traded for Barnes that they could re-sign him on a deal like this. All signs so far point to taking that to that taking place." Yeah. We're just gonna keep interjecting with Kings roasting. I'm sorry, Kings fans, but you you know this is coming. Yeah. Um, JJ Redick.
2: Oh. <laughs> so he had a weird couple of seasons, right? He had the 23 million a year ago yep. and then or, or 2 years ago and then yep. last year he signed for a 1 year 12 million if I'm not mistaken.
1: Correct. So the Sixers now have his early bird rights, which means Correct. they can go up to I believe 175% of what he earns, so somewhere right. around like 21 million is where they max out.
2: Yeah. So look, he just got 35 million for 2 years. And he's what 34
1: uh, yeah either 33 or 34 somewhere in that all range.
2: right maybe that's where you talk to him and go, hey <laughs> we just paid you 35 million over the course of two seasons right We're still okay. gonna we still want you to you know be a part of this franchise. We have all these guys. you've just had a podcast with Zach Lowe where <laughs> you actually yourself admitted that a lot of players in the league were drastically overpaid. We're yeah. definitely going to use that. Yeah, Maybe come back for a more reasonable number.
1: Yeah. But, and I'm wrong. He just turned 35 on June
2: 24th. Oh, that's an even better argument there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the Sixers should recognize his value. I think, look, every team in the league is going to go after a guy like Redick, even though right. the defensive concerns are there. But you're telling me a Lakers team... In, badly in need of shooting, is not going to go after a J.J. Redick. Like, the Sixers will have competition for him, but if they do this run-it-back plan, they're bringing back Redick, too. He's so critical to really making their offense work. I mean, just the degree of difficulty on his shots, I think, goes somewhat unrecognized until the playoffs, but it's like him and Kyle Korver are really the two guys who just they, they always seem like they're off balance. Like they're, they come flying around the screen and they shoot and their momentum continues to carry them as they're shooting. Yet they somehow hit these shots. Yeah. I it's remarkable. I mean, you know, all of these, he's had a couple where he's literally like flying out of balance and still jacks up a shot and hits it. It's, and the Sixers really, really need that regardless of whether Jimmy and Tobias stay just since Ben Simmons is a reluctant shooter, doesn't take any threes, and Joel Embiid takes them, but he's not a great three-point shooter. They they need that threat. So I think Reddick probably stays on a two- or three-year deal. At this point, I think he just wants the stability. And the good thing about early bird rights is the deals have to be for two years, so or at least two years. So the Sixers, unless they bump him down, they can, like go down and go to a non-bird deal and still do only one. But I think they want to lock them up for... Yeah, but
2: you can do a two-year deal where the second year is only partially guaranteed, though, right?
1: I would have to double-check. I... I'm i pretty
2: sure you... I mean, I know you, you can't do a plus, plus one or one plus one. Right. Because with a, right. with a team option. Because yeah, that's yeah. effectively two one-year uh, contracts. Right. But that's... I mean, the league more or less stopped using... You know, team options. Mm -hmm. I mean, to some extent. And just basically replace it with non guaranteed years or partially guaranteed years. I would imagine that counts.
1: I would think so, but I'm not 100% sure. I just know it needs to be at least two years. Right. But either way, I mean, I don't think they're going to want to. If they do run it back, they're not going to want to waive them next year.
2: No, no. But I'm just saying, like, there are, you know, Opportunities in which you can maybe overpay him in that sense, yeah. Because you don't really know how he holds up, right? Right. I mean, he's fair. thirty-five. For crying out loud! Like so far, he's done very, very well in his thirties. I mean, he's played over seventy games, yeah, he's every had year. A
1: career high in points this past year,
2: as well. Yeah. I mean, and the year before that as well. Right. I mean, with the, with the Sixers, he's been outstanding. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, arguing against him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the age does concern me in terms of his longevity.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who else? Jonas Valanciunas.
2: Yeah. I that's, feel that's like the... he
1: goes back to the Grizzlies, but
2: I don't know. I and Yeah, I don't know either. I, I hope he does. I think he's good. Um yeah. But, I mean, this dude can go so many different places. He's also a candidate, I suppose, for the Knicks. Or, or sorry, for the Kings. Right. Or the Knicks, for that matter. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he just—he basically just averaged twenty and eleven in twenty-eight minutes a game. Right. I mean, I understand that this was on a bad Memphis team, and it was just him basically being force fed. Yeah. But he did it efficiently, and you know how insanely skillful he is. Mm-hmm. Like the right team can squeeze way more out of him. Oh, for sure. I just don't know who that team is, and I don't know, in terms of the monetary situation, what he's looking for. He declined his option that was about 17-point-something.
1: Yeah, 17.6, I want to say.
2: Yeah, I want to say the same number. Yeah. And I'm thinking, at the very least, he's looking at, like, 22, 23, like, at a minimum. Yeah. That's where I get a little nervous. Yeah, I do, too. Um, But the fact that he's only 27 means that he's kind of in the same situation as Brockton, right if he signs a four-year deal like that team will get him in the damn middle of his prime like right. the best effing years you can get out of him yeah which is fair i mean that is totally fair here's here's a guy in jonas and also malcolm brockton going you know what i am willing to sell you which is simply what you this is my best years i want to give you my best years for a price right and that price has to be significant yeah because i'm good right
1: yeah, that, that mean, makes the, sense. The big concern with him is that he's never played thirty minutes a game.
2: Yes, <laughs>
1: that's that seems like a minor issue if you're going to commit that type of money to him. But right, you know, in Memphis, I mean, if he resigns in Memphis and they have John Morant, Valanciunas, JJJ, and Brandon Clark now, like your front court set, and then your point guard set, then you just need to fill out the wings, and you've got you have the core of something very interesting.
2: Mhm. I, I would say so. And in regards to Valentinus never playing 40 minutes a game, like you and I talked about this. Like we feel he's been sort of ignored in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at some point there's a team out there that should be thinking, "Oh, here's a guy we can maybe get for you know, a, yeah, a a, a pretty st- steep price, but he's always been utilized in a very limited capacity." Mm-hmm. So let's get him in, let's bump up his minutes significantly, and see what he could do. I mean, look, he averaged 22 minutes a game this season, if you combine the splits between Toronto and Memphis, Right, and he still ended up averaging almost, uh, or over 15.5 points and 8.5 rebounds. Yeah. Like, that's that's insane production, if you go per 36. Right. Like, you... He was at over 25 points a game and almost 14 rebounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not saying he can duplicate that necessarily. But, I mean, at the very least, if you can bump up his numbers, like, to, on a permanent basis to, you know, 22 and 12. Yeah. Do you have, like, just the sheer trade possibilities that opens up for. Yeah. And Like, I, you'll get some sucker.
1: Oh, for sure. It wouldn't shock me, too. I mean, aside from the Kings and the Knicks, I don't know that there's going to be a huge market for him necessarily. So it wouldn't shock me if he actually comes back on a somewhat reasonable deal, like somewhere around what probably between what Nurkic got last year and what Capella got.
2: Oh, I I mean, then probably more so Capella than Nurkic I feel right. like because right. otherwise I don't think he would have turned down the 17.6 million.
1: Yeah, but I could see it, you know, a 460-470 somewhere in that range.
2: Well, 460 that's 15 a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean then then the only reason he would turn down that option was solely to get the longevity.
1: Yeah, which is fair. I, I mean I think a lot of these guys probably watch KD and Clay and we're like yeah. just get my money now.
2: I mean, look, if you if the team out there is able to get Jonas Valančiūnas for 15 million a year, I mean, I'm down for that. That's yeah. that's a, that's great value
1: yeah well we'll see let's wrap up with terry Rogier because we we haven't dumped on the knicks and the kings enough today there was a report that came out the other day that said basically the, that the knicks do not view Rogier as a huge downgrade from kyrie irving who they were pursuing until he very clearly is going to sign with the nets well it's, uh, what, it's one way to spend your seventy million.
2: Sure, um, <laughs> I mean statistically, he's nothing like Kyrie whatsoever.
1: Right, he had one good playoff run.
2: Yeah, I mean the hope is that you're that, that if you're Terry Rozier, you're a great teammate. That's yeah. where you differentiate differentiate. Yeah,
1: but I, I mean, he's already come out and said, I mean, he's thrown. Kyrie under the bus. He, like, went on first take or whatever. It was like... Oh, right. I, I, he has never shot above 40% from the field in any season.
2: Right. And he doesn't get to the free throw line whatsoever.
1: Right. I Like, I think there might be some validity to he's better as a starter than as a reserve. At least for whatever reason. He just needs to be in that mentality. He, like, thinks... You know, it's like the Dennis Schroeder thing, where he thinks he's better than he is, and so he can put up numbers on a bad team as a starter. Yeah. I don't know that any team should be breaking the bank for Terry Rozier, but I guess we'll see in a couple days.
2: I mean, even if that's true, even if he is better as a starter, you still have to ask the question, is he good enough?
1: Right, and I, yeah, I I do not think so.
2: No, I, I don't either. He cost himself a lot of money, I feel. like. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. If he had come, if he was a free agent last summer, yeah. I think he actually would have gotten a pretty sizable deal. But I think this past year, I mean, there's still the Suns are out there, the Knicks are out there. There are teams that need point guards that are dumb. I think he will still get paid. Mm-hmm. I I would not be one. I would not want to be the team that does it.
2: I was I was very high on him coming into the draft in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. I thought he could really, you know, come into the league and just be this transcendent talent because his ability to get to the rim, at least at Louisville, yeah, that was that was insane. And then in the pros, he was just much less relentless than he was in college. Mm-hmm. And I, I I still think to some extent that he could become better than he is if he refound that mental advantage that he had at Louisville. But yeah. I'm not sure any coach is going to give him that freedom yet, yeah. or ever maybe. Yeah, like maybe it's a situation of them basically telling him, mm-hmm. "Hey, prove that you can play half court basketball," and then to him just keep failing at it to the point where coaches are just like, "Well, not gonna give you that freedom." <laughs> right,
1: right, exactly. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. the The thing about this free agent class is that it's much like the draft, where the top fifteen or so guys are all very good, and then it drops off very quickly. So. There are going to be a lot of overpays this summer. We already have potentially seen it with Harrison Barnes, and I would not expect that to be the last one we see. So, barring any major breaking news, this will be our last pod until the start of free agency, but we will be back a lot this coming week. So, uh, follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. Give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are hosted. So check us out on iTunes, subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. It would really help us out. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek. I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Mort, enjoy these last 48 hours of somewhat calm, because a storm is a brewing.
2: Yeah. I, I'm still stuck on Harry B. getting $88 million. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I'm always begging for just $1 million. Right. I, I think I just improved my, my argument here.
1: I'm going to go revise this King's column where I plead for them not to do something stupid.
2: Too late. Right.
1: Now it will be, please don't do too many other dumb things.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't have high hope for that after this. <laughs> Neither do I so yeah right. we'll,
1: we'll be back early early next week uh to summarize the the big early splashes
2: oh that means this is our final episode in season four yeah that is true wow i mean i since we're starting season five brian we almost need at that point to do something else like in terms of the pod we need we need to have a presentation <laughs>
1: yeah you you could get your pitch meeting ready
2: yeah i think so all right take care buddy (laughs)
1: later